All right, I am Haggai Davis III, along with Haggai Davis II, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Our show is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology that we like to keep topical, interesting, and digestible. We want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital, for making this possible. Cardinal Capital connects businesses to capital. It doesn't matter what business that you are in, Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of all sizes, life cycles, categories, and locations. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance current debt because of the new government programs and favorable interest rates, or finance new equipment, or maybe you're trying to acquire another business entirely, Cardinal Capital has the resources to make it happen. When lenders cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around. Contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info at cardinalcap.net and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs. So let's jump on into the big story here today on Tech Gumbo. Once again, has a lot to do with artificial intelligence. Yes, this is going to continue to be a big story and we're going to continue to keep talking about it. It appears that the head of the SEC... Mr. Gary Gensler had an interview with the Financial Times, and he said it is nearly unavoidable that artificial intelligence will cause a financial crash within a decade. And I, one, have to agree with him because he's the expert and he knows more than me about this type of thing. But two, if you just take a step back and examine the incentives here, if you're a large financial company, then your goal is to make as much money as you possibly can. And the types of things that don't make money are installing really firm guardrails, installing really strong boundaries around your software, training and hiring staff who understand the limits of your technology and can tell you no. All those types of things just don't make as much money as not doing those things. And so whenever these companies are simply incentivized to maximize their profits, there's going to be risk involved. And as we empower artificial intelligence more and more, it's going to start making more and larger decisions. And one of those decisions is going to go sideways and it's going to be bad. Mr. Gensler said, I do think we will in the future have a financial crisis. And After the action reports, people will say, aha, there's one data aggregator or one model we relied on. And it's probably going to be in the mortgage market. And maybe it's in some other sector in the equity market. And he points to things like Morgan Stanley. They're going to use OpenAI's GPT-4. And they're going to create their own large language model called calling it index GPT. However, other banks like Goldman Sachs and Deutsche Bank and Bank of America, they're banning their employees from using the chatbot at work completely. And so yeah. this is where the crea- the chaos is going to get created. I really don't think it's going to come from the chat GPTs of the world. I think that, you know, looking at Ginther's comments, he was saying that's you're going to have all these complex interconnected models and 
they're going to feed into each other and you're going to have data from one, you know, go into another and it's going to be manipulated and sent out. And that most of these are going to be very good. Most of them are going to be very well crafted. Most of them are going to be very predictive and probably even better than humans currently are. But there's going to be one of them which just goes wonky. And you know, all these models, because they're not based upon logic that we can trace anymore, we give them inputs and we tell them what the outputs are and they draw their own lines in between. If we don't give it a situation that's the certain type of wonky, we don't know how it will behave. That is one of the fundamental limitations of machine learning. And so when we, we understand how these models will perform, understand how they behave under normal circumstances, under normal conditions, and maybe even a range of edge cases and strange things happening. But there's just going to be some weird stuff that builds up over time, and that's going to cause one of them to go strange, which is going to feed into the next one to go strange. And you're going to have this domino effect where all of them start saying, I don't know what I'm doing anymore, and we'll have our crash. And I just don't know how you prevent that. I don't either. And not looking forward to it. Also not looking forward to a possible U.S.-China conflict, which the head of the U.S.-China Economic and Security Review Commission has said is more than a 50% chance of happening. Yeah. The takeaway here is that companies must start diversifying their tech supply chains. China is a very large and powerful country, and a lot of our technology is parallel, if not shared. If we start going to war, it's going to be big and it's going to be ugly. And it's very important that we're not dependent upon them anymore, even though we're dependent upon them. Tech firms, these big chip manufacturers, they're not coming from China. China has to import those chips because those chips are made everywhere else. And there are some chips that China really, really wants, like a lot of these chips used for artificial intelligence and, and the LLMs that the U.S. is restricting China's access to. They're even restricting these Chinese companies that have operations in other countries from buying them and then sending them back home. And this is part of where this hostile relationship is coming from in, in that China's feeling a whole lot of pressure to do something. And it's probably not going to be good. So if your business is depending upon getting your technology from China, you might want to diversify, like you said. The, China's feeling a whole lot of pressure because we're applying a whole lot of pressure. That's, that is exactly what's happening here. And look for them to retaliate. Moving along, deep fake videos have been popping up for quite some time, but now they're getting good. And now we're starting to see celebrities being deep faked. And like everything else on the internet, it is used to sell ads. We've seen people like Tom Hanks, people like Gail King from CBS, people like Mr. Beast, the YouTube star. All of these people have large amounts of their face, their voice out there on the internet. And so it's really easy to train all of that on AI deepfakes. And what do you do? You use it to sell something cheap. 
Tom Hanks put out a, a statement saying, beware, there's a video out there promoting some dental plan with an AI version of me. I have had nothing to do with it. And Gail King released a similar statement. Please don't be fooled by these videos. This is not something I would ever endorse or use. And Mr. Beast had a, somewhat of a, a more interesting take. He, he talked about how the Internet savvy users would be able to see that this was not him. The YouTuber's voice was distorted. And then there was a lot of comments left by people who were seeing the Mr. Beast. And only boomers would fall for this fill-in-the-blank comment after that. It's just really getting bad out there. And I think, you know, right now we're able to rely on the fact that you know, the voice was distorted, his mouth movements were uncanny, and that if you ever watched some of his stuff, you could tell that it wasn't him. But whenever you look at how far that this technology has come in one year, in three years, it didn't exist five years ago. You have to think one year from now, three years from now, ten years from now, you're not going to be able to tell the difference. These synthetic media will be indistinguishable from something that actually happened from what the person actually said and we as a society are going to have to generate large numbers of very good tools to prevent this from happening and to catch this and to screen this because otherwise we're going to be swamped with everything everywhere just being fake and we're not going to be able to tell the difference i read an article recently it said that there's only 50% of what you see on a screen right now that you can trust. The hard part is figuring out which 50%. So if you're looking at some a video on a screen, if you're not in the room, we've said this before, if you're not in the, in the room seeing it with your own two eyes, you've got less than a 50% chance of really understanding or believing if that's real. You know, generating new, better hygiene around digital trust and understanding who are the people who we can actually trust the right way how do you elevate them in some way how do you separate them out so it's you don't have all of the the chaff of the people who are just online scammers this is a serious problem that people are thinking about people are working on but the tools will to create this nonsense far outstrip our ability to manage it and control it. And it's not just deep fakes, but there's all tons and tons of, of fake reviews that are out there on Amazon and other shopping sites that, you know, travel sites, Expedia, those kinds of things that you cannot trust because more than likely a bot wrote that. It's much harder where you have to fake a video and you have to fake audio and they have to line up and it has to look like someone and sound like someone who you know already. But just some generic text. Oh, this was a great product. It did exactly what I needed to do. Four and a half stars out of five would recommend it. You can generate a thousand different versions of that instantly and for free. And that technology exists already. And so... All these services, which, you know, whenever reviews on websites used to be a valid and, and semi-trustable thing, they're just not anymore. And that's why you're starting to see the rise of services like the New York Times Wirecutter. 
they are trying to fill in that trust gap wherever they say, hey, look, we're bringing in people. We are actually using these products. We're going to test these products. We're going to walk you through them. And we're going to publish this as an article because their business model is you have the New York Times subscription. And so they want you to keep that subscription. They want you to trust them. That is one way in which we can you know, work to separate out this trust gap is that you aren't paying per click anymore. You're paying people because you believe them because they are their reputation is at stake. That is how you can work to do this because it's all going to come down to business models. It's going to be how do people make money off of this? That's going to shape how much of the internet are we able to trust in the future. The vice president for TripAdvisor, Becky Foley, said in a statement that these fake reviews is an immediate focus and, and they're building a coalition that they're trying to stop these actors, basically. A lot of these these fake reviews are coming from outside of the U.S., outside of the jurisdictions where TripAdvisor works and other sites like TripAdvisor. And so it's harder and harder for them to stop these fake reviews. And Amazon would be in that same boat. And and so, yes, this is the, the whole deep fakes and, and fake reviews. And it's, it's becoming harder and harder to trust anything you see on the internet. Not that it's been easy to trust anything you see on the internet for quite some time. It's just getting worse. And there are some people who are trying to regulate what is seen on the internet. Utah is out there suing TikTok because they're alleging that TikTok lures children into addictive and destructive social media habits. This is a fascinating lawsuit because we've seen people go after TikTok for a variety of reasons. There was the period of time wherever there's a lot of states and governments that were trying to go after TikTok, banning it on their servers for cybersecurity reasons. We were pretty skeptical of the cybersecurity reasons, but this Utah law is now citing public health concerns, and now it feels like you're actually getting close to something here. Research has shown that children who spend more than three hours a day on social media double their risk of poor mental health, including anxiety and depression. Now, one thing which this research has not yet shown is which direction this arrow goes. Is it the social media is causing the depression and the anxiety, or is it people who have depression and anxiety are tapping into the social media? Likely it goes in both directions, and it's a spiral and feeds on itself. But given that these are children who don't yet have the ability to regulate themselves in the same way, we should be doing things to protect them. And, and this is not just Utah. Arkansas, Indiana have also filed similar, similar lawsuits. And they're trying to do things to regulate all of social media, including Facebook or X and obviously TikTok and Instagram. But we've talked about Instagram in the past, how they had data that showed how it was so harmful to teenage girls because it just gave them such a poor self-image. That's part of why I'm curious to see, does Utah go after Instagram as well? They're going after TikTok, and we've said many times in the past China bad, U.S. good. This feels very much like that because a lot of the data around social media that shows how harmful and destructive it is, that research was done prior to the rise of TikTok. TikTok is still so new, we don't quite yet understand it. Instagram has been around a little bit longer and just the life cycle of research takes a while. Those studies were probably done on Instagram. So why are we not going after Instagram as well? 
These are all things that we should be going after. The U.S. needs to be much more serious about its policement of these platforms because they are harmful. We understand them. We know they're dangerous. We know they're bad. Let's do something about it. Earlier this year, they've decided that they're going to pass laws that are there to limit the amount of time children and teens use their social media, such as TikToks. The problem is you're going to have to register as a teen or as younger than a teen to be able to use these services in Utah. And that's where the creep factor sets in. Because in order to verify your age of being younger than 18, you also have to verify the age of people who are older than 18. And whenever you have a platform that says, I need to know the age of every person on the platform for this state, that's where things get tough. The state of Louisiana has tried to do that with their porn restrictions recently. And whenever you say that the state is enforcing that this private company has to know the exact age of every single person, it's hard to do that and maintain any sort of privacy. The amount of data you're going to have to collect and the amount of data you're going to have to verify really feels like you're forcing the private company to do an overreach here. And it's also going to require that these parents have to access their kids' accounts to go in and, and set up the permissions. And and then they they have to go back and check their those kids, the, the tools that they're using. Did those kids go back behind and change the status? And so you're developing a, a whole lot of lack of trust. The only way for this to work well uh, from between the parents and the children is you have to have communications, you have to have boundaries, you have to have trust, you have to have rules, but you have to have explanations. And that this all has to happen above the board between parents and children, and they have to understand what they're doing. That's the hard part is that social media hygiene is a new skill. Social media hygiene did not exist 20 years ago because social media didn't exist 20 years ago. And so for a parent to understand well enough, here's how you can still use social media. Here's how you can still enjoy it and interact with your friends in a positive and healthy manner. Here's the things to look out for that can be harmful. Here's how to look within yourself and, and you know, better cut yourself off if you need to. Those are all skills which take time to develop and that a lot of adults don't have those skills. And so how are they going to teach the children how to do these things when they can't do it for themselves? When mom and dad are sitting there spending three to four hours at a time on TikTok and junior sees them or little sister sees them, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And then now you're not talking as a family. You're not interacting with other people in healthy ways. You're just looking at this screen mindlessly going down a time suck. And that's that is how you, I've mentioned business models before and I'll mention them again. That is how Instagram works is it is in, is intentionally designed to sit there and get you to watch as much as they can because every time you scroll one more, they can show you another ad. And so that is what they're incentivized to do is they have the smartest scientists that they can find who are cross-disciplinary are all pointing the smartest computers, the strongest computers to get you to watch one more video. The last thing we wanted to mention, it was released at 6.53 p.m. on October 17th that X is starting a new policy, a new program in New Zealand and in the Philippines where new unverified accounts will be required to pay 
a $1 annual subscription. It is coming. The having to pay to use Twitter is coming to all of us slowly and in pieces. And I look forward to the day whenever it finally comes to the rest of us so I can be done with this stupid platform. And we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission. And that mission is to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed services provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers from Texas to the Carolinas. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through the continuous use of innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strength. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need new IT services, new technology, or you just have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, we're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4, and the show will rerun Sunday at 4. If you missed any part of our show, or you would like to hear any of the previous episodes, check out our podcast which is available on most every platform, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, Overcast, Player FM, and more. And when you're there, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified every time a new episode is posted. If you like our show, if you have some suggestions or want to submit a question, let us know by visiting our website, techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.